Hello, my name is Mercury, and welcome to this brand new episode of Media Fake. Today, I am joined by Pancakes and Yessie. How are you, both? I am. I feel like yeah. laying in bed I feel and yes. cry for hours. That is nice because that's all we want to do. It, but I, feel, I feel like yes. That that's nice as well. How do you feel? Anyways, like, yeah. that's not what we're talking about. Uh, no comment. Yeah, who doesn't feel like yes? Imagine feeling like no. Couldn't be me. That's not our that, discussion. Uh, that, because that's, our... Not a, that's not a sentence. That's, that's not a word. That's anyways, not a feeling. Anyways, today we're here. Today, 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 we're, here today to... we're here to talk about the first live action series of Star Wars called The Mandalorian and what we think of the first season. We will not cover the second season today. So let's start with our usual recap of each episode, starting with episode one, uh, chapter one, The Mandalorian. The series begins with The Mandalorian tracking something and walking into a bar, where the target is being harassed by some thugs. A fight between the thugs and The Mandalorian ensues, the target is later taken by The Mandalorian. The target and The Mandalorian are taken to Mando's ship by a busted up speeder after Mando refuses to go on a droid-controlled one. After arriving at to Mando's ship, the speeder uh, handle hired is destroyed by a Ravenac, and the ship is also attacked by the same creature. They manage to escape the Ravenac and get off the planet they're on. After having an unsuccessful conversation, the target, and identifies a Mithril, starts snooping around the ship after lying to Mando about needing to go to the bathroom. So they're caught by Mando and frozen in carbonite. <sighs> Finally, someone is in Han Solo that can't see. Mando takes the Mithril and other prisoners who were frozen in carbonite to town in a, in a planet called Navarro. Delivering all the targets, he collects his bond from a man named Grief Karga. After denying all the jobs, Karga presents to Mando. Margarita talks about a high-paying job, but Mando must beat the client face-to-face. Mando sort of gives the location and heads there. Arriving, Mando meets with the, the client and Dr. Pershing, with them being protected by stormtroopers. After a standoff, the client and Mando start talking business. Mando is given a bar uh, of Beskar's a down payment, with the, uh, with the client offering even more upon completion upon completing the mission. They've been given a tracking fob, and the target's age is around 50 years old. Mando heads out to search for the targets. Mando then heads underground, uh, uh, underground where a large group of Mandalorians thrive. Mando gives the Mandalorian armor the bar of Beskar, and she molds a pauldron out of it. As she's molding it, Mando is given a flashback of his past. And later arrives at a, a planet Arbala 7, where the target is located. After being scared by a blurg, he's saved by an Ugnaught. Returning from uh, Empire Strikes Back. People don't know that, but they were in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, the Ugnaught offers his help to Mando and takes Mando to, to his home. After the Ugnaught tells Mando that many have tried to look at the same target, and all have failed, the Ugnaught teaches Mando how to drive, uh, at a, drive blurg. Ride Blurg to get to the target. Mando later masters riding in the Blurg and he's off to get the target. Mando is then taken to town where the target is being held. Mando starts scouting the town and fights out a hunting droid named IG-11 It's also looking for the target. A fight then ensues and Mando gets involved. After getting a rebel argument with IG-11, the fight with other mercenaries continues. The two bounty hunters find out the target is inside a building. The mercenaries then trap the two. The mercenaries then bring a laser cannon and Mando takes control of it. After they wipe out the mercenaries, they enter the building the target is being held. 
they find the target and the man is, is just a baby which is part of the same species Yoda is. Before IG-11 terminates it, Mando shoots IG-11 through the head. The episode ends with Mando going to reach for the child. So, uh, Pancakes and Jesse, your opinions on the first episode of Mandalorian. Baby Yoda was the greatest Baby Yoda. Be created. I love the Mandalorian, I love Baby Yoda, and it was the greatest decision Disney ever made. No, so no opinions on the... No, it, it actually was a really good start to the series. But then again, and anything and, and everything Twitter cared about was Baby Yoda. So even if you say, well, the episode was good and it actually had really good, really good scenes, though. No, Twitter's just well, going to go Baby Yoda. So, Baby Yoda. I mean, it's not if it's, it's, it's not Yoda. Yoda so, yeah. It's just, I don't remember its, it's name. But, but it's just, it's Baby Yoda. It's not Yoda. Okay, it's Baby Yoda. It's happened after Return of the Jedi. Thing is, we don't, we, we don't know, we don't know the, the species of Yoda. We don't, Actually, we don't know what it's we called. we do know what it's called. I just don't remember. They, okay, I... No, we no, we, we just they don't, we just don't. In the comic or some shit. I'm gonna no, search we, it up. We, no, we legit don't. We just don't know what it's, what, what they're called. This, uh... They're, we don't know what they're called, but actually, just call them the, the Dagobah species. No, they're not from Dagobah. From... Yeah, but because we first Pray saw the species as Yoda called... was oh, taking shelter no, that, in Dagobah. Oh, well, I'm sorry now. Yeah, they're, they're not canon. I mean, they're, they're, they're a canon Yodanian. legend. Yodanian. <laughs> and... Yodanian. The Yodanian species. Yeah, whatever. But. Um, yes, this was a very good introduction to the series, at least at the tone of the Western thing they were going for, which was the original plan for Star Wars, but that kind of failed. Mm-hmm. But it's, I, I really like this uh, series. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to watch it uh, opening day because I didn't get a Disney Plus. No, I also account didn't watch it opening until I also didn't remember. watch it opening day. I watched it like a few days after. Yeah, I didn't get... I watched it like a few months after the series finished. So... I just I just finished the whole series and then like the free account just vanished. Poof. Anyways... That's... I guess that's it. And uh, I'll be handing it to Jesse to recap the second episode of Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. Episode 2, Chapter 2, The Child. <laughs> uh, go, go on. Moving on to episode 2, chapter 2, The Child. The episode begins with Mando and the child walking through the barren wastelands of Arvala 7 and then getting attacked by, merc- by mercenaries. After defeating the mercenaries, he finds that one of them had a tracking club that was tracking the child. Mando's later seen attending to his wounds after the attack. The child tries to help him recover but fails miserably. He manages to repair his armor and both of them had to go back to the ship. After getting back to the ship, they found out that it's being stripped for pads by Yawas. But Mando eliminates a few 
and after another and goes after them. After the wise apprehend Mandon checks on his ships, he goes back to Nog's home. I, I feel like the, the names from things in Star Wars are are like trying to read the are like the subtitle teacher trying to read your name. After dreading the deserts of Arbala 7, Amanda is taken by, wa- by Yawas, the Ognod, after discussing with the Yawas. The Yawas reached the conclusion that Mando must bring him the egg to get his parts back. Mando is later taken down where the egg is located. After going inside the cave, he accidentally awakens a mudhorn. After trying everything at his disposal to beat the mudhorn and being almost killed, the mudhorn is temporarily stopped by the child using the force to levitate the creature. The child is going off all his energy using the force and Mothorn is killed by getting stabbed through the neck. Mando then finds the egg and brings it back to the Yawas. With his armor being heavily damaged, the egg caught open by the Yawas and they start eating the yolk. Mando and the Ognot then repair the ship using parts they got back after doing one last checkup on the ship. Mando gets the ship running. The episode ends with Mando leaving Arbala 7 and Ognot staying behind. Ognot is such a weird name. Uh, I, don't so, like I don't even know if yeah. I'm pronouncing it well. Ognot. Is it pronounced like that? Ugnot? Ugnotty? I think they say Ugnot. Anyways, uh, you two. Uh, your thoughts on the second episode of Mandalorian. I thought I, I I like uh, I like this episode because of Baby Yoda using the Force and yeah that's that's basically it. Also the cool fight scene you know, from the Mandalorian uh, fighting the Jawas that was also pretty cool. Yeah, uh, pancakes. Your opinion on this episode? Okay, then while he's doing that, I'll just give mine. Um, it, I actually researched. Okay, then go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it was actually pretty nice. It was actually pretty nice, actually. And still, baby Yoda. But yeah, people were just crazy with this little guy. But that wasn't what caught my attention in this one. What caught my attention in this one was this guy's similarity to Boba Fett and more on that later but it was actually pretty yeah it's, a, it's actually it was actually pretty yeah, good there was some confusion the, uh, because for the this episode, first couple of episodes uh, for the, the series uh, Disney Plus overall um, started on November 12th uh, which wasn't a Friday so what happened was that I think I don't know when it launched I'm pretty sure um this uh i'm pretty sure it was like a tuesday that it launched and then um the this the second episode just launched uh the friday of that week so there was confusion like wait what's the schedule but i i actually i actually uh watched the 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 documentary how they made this the series and fun fact the sand crawler is real the Java Sandcrawler is a real How prop. How did he make it? Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. 
not 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 only that, it's a recreation of the of the sand crawler from the first movie, the 1977 Star Wars, which is also a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, mind blown, right? <laughs> nice. No, like, like the 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 Jawa uh, truck. Yeah, like not an actual creature, thing. but a prop. But uh, yeah, no, it's just I think it's just a dread, but mm. the dreads are really big. Like they are humongous, and the, they got the. No one cares. Anyways, uh, you know what uh, else is humongous? I'm going so, to your house. I know where you fucking among live, the... and I will beat you up. I will cut your body parts and feed them to my dog. I wish a psychopath will go to your house and puncture you with needles so you'll die very slowly and then after that he cuts your body parts and use them to masturbate i fucking hate you okay okay we can we can we can save the death threats for later but um yeah i know the the episode it was really interesting to like read about to how they made it because there won't the, be any. The, there the won't sand, be any press uh, later. The sand crawler was, was a real thing, uh, and the and also fun fact in this first episode, I forgot to mention this, but in the first episode, where they where, where Mando looked at, at the at the blurgs, that was stop motion. It's a really. No, there's some really interesting things like some like, and it's just it's just stop motion with CGI on it. Cool. And you you can't notice it. Well, now we're moving on to episode three, uh, chapter three, the sin. The episode begins with Mando getting a message from Grief Karga that he must deliver the child directly to the client. The child then steals a small metal ball before Mando puts it back, then arrives at the planet Navarro. Mando then takes the child to the client. He asks why other people had a tracking fob tracking the child. The client responds with him needing the child at all costs. He then gives Mando the best car. The child is then taken by Pershing. Mando then uh, leaves after not getting an answer as to what they're planning for the child. Mando then returns to the ground and gives the armor the Beskar. A scuffle between Mando and other Mandalorians over Mando's way of obtaining the Beskar is later resolved by the armor and she uh, and she forms a full armor for Mando. So it's casting some whistling birds for him. Mando is again reminded of his past as the armor is crafting the armor. Mando then walks into a bar with his full Beskar armor equipped and meets, and meets with Grief Karga. Instead of celebrating his own success, Mando instead wants another assignment. After some discussion with Grief Karga, Karga gives him a target and Mando returns to the ship. Before leaving, he thinks about what the Empire might do to the child. He deactivates the ship and goes to rescue the child. Mando then returns to the client's location and breaks into the facility after blowing up a wall. He fights through Stormtrooper after Stormtrooper and getting it before getting to where the child is. Mando then takes the child with him and escapes the facility to killing up a squad of stormtroopers. The Mando escapes the facility, all of the tracking files that were tracking the child suddenly activate. Mando is confronted by Grief Cargan and is then attacked in the middle of town. Mando tries to get to his ship via speeder, 
Picard doesn't shoot down the droid, the droid, leaving the speeder unable unable to move. After being cornered by the mercenaries, the other Mandalorians rescue Mando. Picard escapes and goes towards Mando's ship. Mando then leaves for his ship and encounters Karga there. Then Mando shoots Karga. Mando activates the ship. Karga was not fatally wounded as he was protected by the parts of Beskar he had. The episode ends with Mando leaving Navarro with the child. So, Pancakes, your opinion on episode 3. Okay, so my take on episode 3. Yes, it. I really liked where it went from from the Beskar. We actually got our introduction to Beskar in this because earlier we were seeing like these canisters with with bars in them. We were just like, what is this? What is this? But then we found out it's Beskar. It's apparently the Minecraft obsidian of Star Wars resources. And I actually really liked how they switched his armor from this old rusty armor to to a new shining Beskar armor. It was actually like a pretty nice touch because now he's literally impenetrable. Like in, in any other episode, you don't see him get blasted anymore because of this. And it's actually a pretty nice touch to the series. Also, the, the whole child thing. Yes, I actually also liked how it went from his indecision of, yes, I'm getting it, but no, I'm not getting it. Yes, I'm getting it. And it was actually a pretty nice touch as well. So that's my take on episode three. Yeah, it, it, it gives it gives uh, Mand a lot of character and what and it's just isn't just a, a bounty hunter with with no personality. It, even though he's just do we see his we don't see his face. He does convey uh, Pedro Pascal does a really good job of conveying the personality of the character and like his thoughts through just movement. And I find that really really cool. And there was not much behind the scenes on this episode, really. Just talking about that one scene. What wasn't most of the backgrounds based on this virtual 360 space? Yeah, thingy? yeah, the the volume, but that was used for every episode, so it's not really special. Mm. And you know, this episode isn't. For me, it isn't really anything special. It does really give a lot of character, but that's pretty much all it has for or going for it. But yeah, no, it's 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 good. It's a good episode. And well, Beskar was introduced in the first episode, and I gotta say, the armor looks better when it's all complete. Hmm. And as I move on to the fourth episode of the series, uh, Chapter 4, Sanctuary. The episode begins with farmers going about their day on, on the planet Sorgan, with them later being attacked by raiders. The raiders take some things from the village and then return uh, to the forest. It then shows Man arriving at the planet Sorgan, with him going there to lay low after what happened on Navarro. Man and the child were exploring Sorgan when they encountered the village. They're finding someone that was not from around the village. Mando pursues that person. After they meet, they get into a little fight before being interrupted by the child. Mando and the person then talk about where the person came from, before revealing that she used to serve the Republic, the Republic as a shock trooper. The former shock trooper then leaves and Mando turns his ship. 
when working on the ship, Mando uh, is listening, uh, is visited by some farmers. After we reach an agreement with the farmers to help them get rid of the raiders, Mando seeks out and helps the uh, seeks out the help of the Ed shock trooper. She agrees to help, and they head to the village. The child is visited by some children, while Mando and the Ed shock trooper start moving into the village. A mother and her daughter help Mando and the child feel welcomed in the town. Mando and the mother then talk about how Mando hasn't shown his face to someone since he was a child. Mando and the instructor find evidence that the raiders are planning on using an ATST to attack the villagers. Mando and the uh, trooper warn, uh, warns the village of the threat. Mando and the instructor trooper, now revealed to be Cara Dune, start uh, training the farmers and explaining them uh, the plan to them. After they prepare to another plan, and after they prepare and know the plan, they are ready for the attack. Uh, they're ready for the attack that the Raiders are about to commence. Night falls and Mando and Kara are going to go to Raider encampment. They kill two of them and then enter the main camp. Mando plants a bomb and they both get out of there after a fight with the Raiders. The FTSD is later activated and, falls, and follows Mando and Kara. Mando and Kara reach the village but so does the ATSD and the rest of the Raiders. Battle then ensues between the, Raider, the villagers and the Raiders. The ATSD is then destroyed by the combined efforts of Mando and Kara. The Raiders then leave defeated. Mando and the child say their goodbyes uh, to the villagers, with their mother, uh, with the mother offering Mando to stay in the village, where she he refuses. Assassins to kill the child reaches the village, but is stopped by Kara. The Mando finds out about the assassins, he leaves Sorgan, and the episode ends. So, pancakes, your opinion on uh, the fourth episode, of the Mandalorian? So, um, I remember an episode where where Mando actually landed on a. He landed on a remote village with some other, with other inhabitants. This is that episode, yeah, right? Yeah, this is the, the episode where Cara Dune is introduced. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually specifically remember this episode because I've seen a strange amount of this exact plot in specific parts of the Star Wars universe. Like Clone Wars. Yes, like in Clone Wars, when when they are when they are in this village and they and the guy doesn't want to fight, but then he has to fight or else he doesn't. And yeah, it was like that. the Turtle People episode. The people that look like turtles. Yeah, the Turtle People. Uh, yeah, and where the guy, the the, the pirates were there, and they were gonna steal like the crops of the villagers, and then that's they train the villagers. Yeah, I, I was like. Uh, when I was watching the Clone Wars, I, I I noticed that like, hey, this looks this is awfully similar to that one Mandalorian episode. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, this episode's pretty memorable thanks to well, all the things that it doesn't. It's pretty much just an episode from the Clone Wars. It does introduce Cara Dune, which is a good character, and. Yeah, no, it's it's a very good episode. It's one of the longer episodes, definitely not as long as episode uh, as episode first uh, one of uh, season two. That that one's almost an hour. But you know, it's a, it's a really good episode. I might keep repeating that, but who cares? And you know, it's <laughs> I keep saying it's a good episode, but. Mm. It didn't really kill me, you know. It didn't. It didn't really get me. It, it's not one of my favorites. I don't know which one's my favorite, but 
I don't, I don't, I don't have a favorite between the Mandalorian episodes. They're all pretty much the same, like scale wise. For me, this what this one was nice. For me, this episode specifically was nice because to see the based on the power levels, to see the Mandalorian take the the combined power of a small remote village of almost no weapons at all, um, being able to defeat an enemy such as that one, it's this, it's a plot. A good plot, but it's just nah. Okay. Uh, so I guess that's a question of episode four. Now moving on to episode five. Episode five, chapter five. The Gunslinger. The episode begins with Mando being attacked by a mercenary in space. After blowing up the mercenary's ship, he makes an emergency landing in Tatooine. He lands in a port and is uh, greeted by a woman called Melimoto. Mando pays Pelly to fix his ship after the shootout. Mando heads out of, por- of the port and walks around Moth Eisley. After Mando has left, Pelly discovers the child and he is leaving the ship. Pelly looks after the child while Mando is gone. Mando then enters Moist Eisley Cantina to look for a job. Mando is then approached by a man called Toro Caligan. Uh, Toro tells Mando that Toro is hunting Fennec Stand and very, a very dangerous assassin. Mando initially refuses, but Toro manages to convince him. Mando heads back to the port to check on his ship. Toro brings two feeder bikes and they head out to find Sand. They manage to find her, but wait until nighttime to make their move. They manage to reach Sand after blinding her scope with flash, uh, with flash charges. After managing to apprehend Sand, they manage to capture her. Mandu finds Toro to watch over Sand as he finds the dubak he saw earlier. Sand manages to convince Toro to go after Mandu instead of her, but Toro ends up shooting Sand. Mandu returns to Sand's location, but finds her on the ground. He then returns to the port and finds out that Toro has taken Pelly and the child hostage. After shooting Toro, Mando leaves the queen. The episode ends with a mysterious person approaching the body of Planet Sand. Oh. Okay. Uh, so, Pancakes and Yessie, your opinions on uh, episode 5 of The Mandalorian? Bro, I, I, like, I like this episode. I feel like I'm getting redundant, but because of, of Pelly taking care, uh, taking care of baby Yoda, I refused to call him the child. And I think that was that was cute. And then uh, I also liked how uh, Shad uh, killed and uh, Thor betrayed Mando. I I also liked that part. It uh, felt like betrayal, and you know. I, I like that. So yeah, I think that episode 5 really played out well. It was one of the top ones of season 1 for me. I really like how the character of Fennec Chan played out and it was actually a pretty good storyline. Same thing with how Mando instantly killed his comrade after he turned on it. Yeah, it was actually a pretty funny moment. 
in my opinion and the whole Fennec Chan arc at least the first one was actually pretty good Yeah, I know this episode, um, it was definitely not one of the better ones of the season, but it's still a very entertaining episode, I am I, I will say. And um, it's it's fine. Thorakalkan is fine, but I think they kind of wasted his character, almost. It, 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 it feels like they could have done a lot more of his character, they didn't kill him off. You, you know? Like... Maybe Thor Kalkan could have been a really good character if they just wouldn't have caught, caught him, uh, you know, off them. So, yeah, that that's pretty much my opinion on episode 5. So, I guess we're now moving on to episode 6, The Prisoner. There's a thinking of Mando arriving at a spaceport to meet with an old friend named Ron. It, it's pronounced Ran, but that's stupid for a job. Ron explains that they are performing a prison break and that they need Mando's ship uh, for the job because it is pre-Empire and cannot be detected. And then he meets up with the crew that will accompany him. They then explain the plan. After displaying the plan, they board Mando's ship and enter the uh, prison transport. So having a discussion with the crew, they, and then finding out about the child, they reach the prison transport. Everyone in the crew is at zero, breaking into the uh, prison transport. The crew on the, on the ship sneak around the... Uh, at the ship and then get near the control room. There, a group of New Republic droids attacks them. Mando manages to defeat them all and they advance towards the control room. They enter the control room and find which cell the person they're trying to break out is. They meet a New Republic a soldier named Davan. Or Davin. But I don't know. After having an argument, Zeon Xion? kills Devon. They make their way to the prisoner's cell and break him out. The prisoner turns to be a Twi'lek called Quinn. With Xion's brother. They unlock Mando inside the Quinn's cell. Mando manages to break out of the cell and he presents every single member of the crew single handedly and then locks them up in the prison transport. Mando brings Quinn to the spaceport and gets his payment. After Mando leaves, three X Wings call to and destroy the spaceport. The episode ends with Mando entering hyperspace and showing Mayfeld, Xion, and Berg all in a prison cell aboard the prison transport. So, Pancakes, your opinion on the sixth episode of Mandalorian? I also remember this one for its plot. I hadn't seen this one before, but it was actually another one of the highlights for me. Pretty nice, actually. Pretty nice. And it was, yeah, it really was a really good one. Because the nice taste of revenge, we have no clue it's coming, but the nice taste of revenge when he says, all right, fine, let's do this. I'm going to leave and you stay here with the ship. But then, boom, the X-Wings destroy it, and it's just peaches and cream from there. Yeah, it was actually a pretty nice episode. Uh, For me, actually, this is one of the weaker episodes. Not because it's bad, but mainly because the episodes didn't really come up up until season two. Like, it's not a very important episode. Like, it sure, it's just Mayfeld and... uh, and zero, uh, zeros that are used by the frog lady in in the second episode of season two. I'm pretty sure where is is dead corpse pretty much, and Mayfold is brought back in episode seven of season two. But 
that's pretty much all episode seven uh, episode sorry contributes to uh, this first season. It, it just sets up the second season. And even then, Xi'an and Berg don't don't come back, even though they're alive. So honestly, eh, this episode is unimportant. Not really something. It's it it's pretty unimportant, and you, you, no one gains anything from it. It, eh, just I don't. It's it, it's not bad. It's just unimportant, which is not good. Not good at all. It feels like a filler episode. Hmm. Yeah, it, 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 a bit. Like, yeah, a bit. Yeah, no, it's just, I mean, it's a filler episode, pretty much. So, um, anyways, let's move on to uh, episode 7. Uh, chapter 7, The Reckoning. The episode starts with Mando in his ship. We've been suddenly getting a transmission from Grief Karga. Karga says that he needs Mando's help to get rid of the clients, a small army on Navarro. After thinking about it, Mando tends to help out, but he must first get some help. Mando returns to Sorgan and heads to the town he found Kara. There, Kara is in the bar, fighting. Kara wins and is unvisited by Mando. And he convinces Kara to aid him in his mission. Did the child messes with his ship, Mando heads to Arbala 7 to get the help of the Ugnaughts he befriended days ago. Talking with the Ugnaughts for a bit, discovers that the Ugnaughts has pre-programmed IG-11 to be a nurse droid. While Mando is trying to convince the Ugnaught, the Ugnaught feels that his name is Quill. Mando convinces Quill to join the small squad he has, but Quill brings some blurbs in AG-11. They reach Navarro and meet up with Grief Karga. They set up camp before they can reach the town. There, they go over the planet and then attack by flying creatures. They kill some of the squad Karga uh, brought, and the child managed to hear Karga using force uh, healing. They, de- they devise a plan the morning after the attack, and then they head towards town. Quill brings the child to Mando's ship, well, Karga brings Mando to the client and as if as if he's as if he captured him. The client then receives a call from someone in the Empire that turns out to be Moff Gideon. At the end of the call, the client and the stormtroopers are gunned down by Gideon's forces. Hundreds of stormtroopers surround the bar uh, uh, Mando's group is in. Gideon then is in a Tie Fighter. He sits out of it and confronts Ma- Mando's group. Quill is then shot down by stormtroopers after they hijacked his transmission. The episode ends with a shot of Quill's deceased body and the stormtroopers picking up the child. This, so Pancakes, uh, your opinion on episode 7 of The Mandalorian? To be honest, all of the episodes of this series are nice. Because you, you all know, so yeah, there's going to be a nice episode and all that, yeah. That's always how I describe episodes because it's true. I actually liked all of them. But... I'm gonna give a specific comment for this one. Got a taste of Moff Gideon before the actual season finale, and it was pretty good for for the introduction of the villain. This is like was this one series I watched where they introduced the villain at a very specifically late time, and you, I think you know what series it yeah. is, but I'm not gonna speak about it. Anyways, I'm going to um, make the comment about this episode, and yeah, that was it about the very late villain introduction at the second, at, at the second to last episode. I mean, this is serious, guys. This is the second season. Yeah, but still. this episode was like pretty morbid. Like, um, the like here, have some violence before the real finale begins. 
it, it, it's I think it's the only episode where the where like where Mando kind of failed. Hmm. Because like the child got captured, and and well, the mission failed pretty much because Omas Gideon got got the child, and you know, it, and and they got him gun and they got Mando trapped in a bar. It was almost with him being like just there. Also, the thing I said about introducing the antagonist very late—it's not one division; it's another series. Ah, okay. But anyways, and I think you know what series that is too. Uh, anyways, so yeah, I know it's a very morbid episode. Pretty much, the heroes fail in this one. If you can even call Mando a hero, because well. More of an anti-hero. I, Deadpool, but for kids. I wouldn't say he's for kids, because I mean he he cut someone in half. Disney Deadpool. No, Deadpool belongs to Disney already, so it doesn't matter. Deadpool Junior. No, no, just just no. <laughs> Star Wars Deadpool. Not even close. <laughs> Don't try it. Don't try it. Anyways, let's um, let's let's move on to the season finale of this. Uh, Jesse, uh, take it away with episode eight. Moving on to episode eight, chapter eight, redemption. The episode begins with some stormtroopers on speeder bikes delivering the shout to Gideon. The stormtroopers jog around for a bit and they are later attacked by IE-11. IE-11 takes the child and, no, and one of the speeder bikes. We then see Mando's squad being pinned down, the Imperial set up and the E-Web heavy being blaster and threatening Mando's squad with it. While Gideon is explaining who everyone in Mando's squad is, he reveals that Mando's name is Dean Yard. I don't like this thing, so why do they make them so weird? Then the Yarin Darin Darin however it's called. Gideon credits to open fire on the shell if they do not give him the shell. Gideon gives them up to Nightfall to reach a decision and then heads out. After devising a plan to escape, Mando explained that he recognizes Swamp Gideon when the Great Purge happened. We then get shown Mando's entire past and how he was rescued by the Mandalorian. They, they then receive a translation from IG-11 with it informing them of fully dead and that IG-11 is burning the town. IG-11 blasts his way to the town and reaches where the squad is. They all then engage in firefight after Mando uses the E-Web on the Imperial forces are almost terrorist. Moth then shoots a power box on the explosion hits Mando. Mando is brought into the bar by Kara and laid down on the floor. Then they escape after the bar is set on fire. I remember IG-11. IG-11 then heals Mando and they catch up with the others. They later meet up with the armor. after all, the Mandalorians have left the underground. The armor gives Mando a jetpack as he stays behind to fire off some stormtroopers. Before that, the armor tells Mando to take the shell to whatever Jedi are left. 
The group then leave for the lava room with near sewer. They got a boat and go downstream. They then discover that Stormkeeper is situated at the end of the tunnel. At E11, then crosses the river and initiates self-destruct as it was the only option. After they get across the tunnel, Gideon attacks them. Mando puts on the jet flag and goes after Gideon. Mando manages to take out Gideon and Gideon's TIE fighter crashes. After Mando, after Mando and the shall say their goodbyes, Mando makes a great foil and leaves Navarro. The season with wins with Mon Gideon emerging from his crushed TIE fighter and Dark Saber in hand. Okay, so Pancakes and Yessi, your opinions on the final episode of Mandalorian well, I, Season 1. I think that there was a really good season finale, and it also does a great job at, le- at leading into Season 2. Since most Gideon's not alive, he's still persecuting them, and uh, uh, he has now, he now has the Darksaber, and is basically the ruler of Mandalore. Since he has the dark saber, I I like that very much. Yeah. Uh, I also again like Baby Yoda a lot in this episode, and all the efforts they go to defend him. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's basically it. My opinion for episode eight. So yeah, we have it. The season finale. Moff Gideon, the Mandalorian. What's interesting for me this episode, the face reveal, the final face, the actual face reveal. We all knew it was Pedro Pascal, but anyways, the face reveal. The epic moment between the drone and the robot, the healer thing, and and Pedro Pascal. This moment was actually a pretty epic moment for me, and I really like the character development, the plot, and everything that went into this season finale. Now, something that interested me is the final scene, like one of the final scenes, the Moff Gideon getting out of the fighter in the in the dark saber. I don't know anything about the lore of the dark saber, but it was actually pretty interesting for me because I'd never seen it in an in an actual live action Star Wars thing before. And yeah, that's my opinion on episode eight quick and interesting turn of events. So yeah, I know this is a perfect finale. Um, All the action and well, it it was really good. I really enjoyed the, um, the, fight scene they, they were really good and uh, also fun fact the, the the stormtroopers they didn't have enough uh, uh enough uh, suits for the stormtroopers so they actually hired a a uh a, like a like a fan-made squadron of stormtroopers that like that, that they did for charity events and stuff and they just brought them into the episode for all of the stormtroopers Nice fan interaction. Yeah. And the fans and those people didn't know what they were getting themselves into. <laughs> so they just got a call to Los... Uh, to, I think it was Los Angeles they were shooting the series. And they all flew... To, I think it was in Atlanta, actually. No, no. They, I, no they, I think they were shooting, shooting in Los Angeles. And then, like... So they, they just got a call 
out of nowhere to do the seat to 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 shoot something like okay and then they flew over and it's a and it's a it's a set for a star wars show <laughs> so i mean that's cool i mean imagine like, getting a call like hey some 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 corporate guys want, want need your need your assistance like okay probably a charity event nah you're shooting a whole series like a, a, a few Mr. shots of the series Mr. Beast style he just pulls up to you and says hey wanna go into a tub of milk and try and survive in the series mm, yeah so I guess now we are moving on to giving our final thoughts on the season uh, finale or, or the whole season pretty much so the and kissing Jesse, uh, your opinion on the whole season. Well, I, The Mandalorian was great uh, since it started, since when like Disney Plus was getting, you know, real and and it was a great introduction into how into how into how Disney Plus was gonna be and how the fee on how the um, subscription membership uh streaming service yes streaming service and how the streaming service was gonna end up and I think it was uh yeah, for being the first show that they made it was really good so uh the Mandalorian uh, I'd say uh, eight out of ten. yeah i really think that the series overall was a very good start to disney's to disney plus because one it kept it running because let's 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 be real without the mandalorian disney plus would just be literally a disney library of, of disney of past disney media if we didn't have new stuff like this it would be just a desert island and it was actually a really good start. Fun fact, it's actually still number one by point some by point one percent. Second place is WandaVision. But yeah, it's actually it was actually a pretty good start. And I really liked all the twists and turns that happened throughout the series. And Baby Yoda. Like what else is there to say? Just baby Yoda. Yeah, I know this, this. This is a pretty good season and a very good series. Uh, I'm like Pancake said, uh, Disney Plus wouldn't be Disney Plus without this series. Uh, I I don't think it would have as much viewers as it would have originally if this would have been just a normal series overall. Like it's just been like written by some people that that like the people that wrote the sequel trilogy. I, I, it would have been the same. It would not have been the same at all. It would have been very, it would be very different, very, very drastically different. But anyways, so that's my take on the season. And well, and well, the series up to that point was really good. And it did not disappoint for what it was, a Western 
Western-inspired um, Star Wars the series, which, you know, I mean, as long as, long as it's not written by the sequel trilogy people, I think we're pretty much fine, right? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anything's better than that pile of shit. Anyways. Hey, if it's... Hey, it, my philosophy is, if it's better than The Last Jedi, it's good. It was pronounced Jedi. It's it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely great. It's it's the, the best because it, it, it can get it can get wor- it cannot get worse than, than the Last Jedi. Yes. It it just can't get worse. Let's not go into that. Okay, we're gonna save it for the for a possible <laughs> the Last Jedi episode. On, on, on the podcast, but I don't think it's gonna happen because who wants us to do, do that polish shit anyway? It's like going to the recycling center and, and trying to eat the garbage. Okay. Well, I guess that's uh, I think that's it, right? I think we yeah we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Yeah. So um. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode of Media Fay and uh, we'll see you all next time. Okay. Hello, my name is Mercury and welcome to this brand new episode of Media Fay. Today I'm joined by Pancakes. Uh, how are you, Pancakes? I'm good, thanks. And today we'll be discussing the uh, second season of the Mandalorian and the most recent season of the Mandalorian because season three hasn't been announced well it has been announced but no no updates have been on it since it's announced since it's been announced in December of last year so let's begin with the recap of the season with episode one chapter nine the marshal the scene begins with Mando walking to a fighting ring on a planet to get info order to find more of his kind. There he finds a man called Gore Koresh. He is then jumped by Gore's men. After killing them all, he gets the information from Gore and then kills them. Mando then heads to Tatooine where the supposed Mandalorian is. He arrives at Peli's hangar and takes one of the leftover speeders to Mos Pelgo. He goes into the bar in Mos Pelgo where he meets a, ma- a man named Cobb Vanth, who is wearing Boba Fett's armor. Before they could fight for the armor, the great dragon attacks and they make a deal. They then go to where the dragon lives to devise a plan. Copton explains how he saved the town from some bandits using the armor. They then find Tusken raiders in the dragon's location. They then make a deal with the raiders too. They then reach the dragon slayer. They devise a plan. The village and the raiders will help in killing the dragon. After Cop convinces the village to fight against the dragon, they then prepare for the battle and leave for the dragon's lair. They then lure the dragon inside and explode some mines under below it. After it doesn't work, Mando then eats, and ma- makes it eat a bantha with some explosives on it, and then detonate it from it, and, and then detonate it from inside. The episode ends with Mando leaving the dragon slayer with Boba Fett's armor, and someone looking at him leave. So, pancakes. What is your opinion on the first episode of the second season of Mandalorian? Good way to start it. Same theme as always. Mando, Mando being overwhelmed by a massive problem and somehow finding a, tr- a way with a bunch of tricks to actually defeat the problem. 
in this case it being him defeating a literal giant worm uh, fun fact the Craig Dragon uh, at least a skeleton of the Craig Dragon wasn't the first Star Wars movie yeah cool and of course it said to Boba Fett uh, the Boba Fett's whole thing you know like yeah it sets up the whole thing because well a dude found the armor but that's not his armor he found it but it says because he found it but that we don't guy. know we don't know like how the Jawas got uh, Boba's armor because the last we saw Boba before the season was that he got swallowed up by the by the Sarlacc pit yeah with and, the armor uh, on so either A he escaped and somehow lost the armor to Jawas and he's one of the greatest bounty hunters in the galaxy, so I don't know. Or when he got out, he lost the armor. I think um, I I don't remember well, but I think in in episode six, Return of the uh, no Return of the Jedi, um, I think the thing actually burped out Boba Fett's helmet. I think. No, we we never saw it. We never saw. The, the Sarlacc pit. That's All that we know is if the, the whole the, the, the most uh, the theory that most prevails over all of them is that the Craig Dragon ate the Sarlacc and because Boba's armor is made out of Beskar uh, he got out. Cool. Doesn't look like it's made of Beskar though but yeah. It is made out of Beskar because uh, because when because when a cop was shot, the 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 the, the laser blast didn't just go through him, yeah. and he could have survived because because the Craig Dragon has that acid thing. Um, well, when Mando got go went into the dragon, uh, when he, when he got out, he was covered in the acid, but it was just unfazed at. It was just unfazed. So Boba, so the same thing probably happened to Boba when the the Craig Dragon probably attacked the Star, like ate the Star, like, and then uh, Boba flew out. Hmm. That, that 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 that's what that's the most uh like that's that's the theory that's the most accepted that a Craig Dragon ate the Star, like Boba was in, and then Boba just got out. We don't know how the Jawas got the armor. Right? That, that, that's how Boba probably got out. So um, let's move on to the uh, second episode of the of the season. Uh, Panky, take it away. Yes. Okay. Chapter ten: The Passenger. The episode begins with Mando being assaulted by some bandits. He manages to defeat them all and has to walk on foot to the hangar after the speeder is destroyed. Mando then reaches the hangar and meets with someone that can help them find Mandalorians. Dan- Mando then leaves for Tresk, where the person's husband is. While traveling, they are shot down by New Republic X-Wings. They crash land on a snowy planet and Mando tries to repair the Razor Crests. As Mando is repairing the ship, the child tells him that the frog lady has left the ship. They find her inside of a cave. They then run back to the ship where the child awakens a ton of cave spider-like aliens. They try to leave, but are then attacked by a very large spider. 
The large spider is killed by the X-Wing pilots that shot down Mando. Mando manages to finish the repairs. The episode ends with Mando and the others leaving the snowy planet and continuing the path to Trask. So, uh, Pancakes, uh, your opinion on the second episode of the second season? Eggs. Okay, is that it? No, that's not it. I'm kidding. The spider eggs. The, like, the fact that they were able to escape that? Crazy. Th- that's crazy. I actually didn't like the whole, this episode as much as the other ones. To me, I just don't like the frog. Yeah, it wasn't the... You know, it wasn't. It wasn't my favorite. Definitely it was not. It, my it's favorite. my least favorite out of the whole show. This is my least favorite. I hate the frog baby arc. It to me, it's mm. it's pointless. And I, man, the spiders thing. The spiders are just. Why are they there? Why is this? Why is this episode happening? You know. Like, I, I, I sure a Mandalor if we like do go Mandalorian and all that, but really this is how you play it out with the frog lady arc. I don't like uh, they could have done a better they could have done something better with uh with them actually going to go to Trask and and find uh Bo-Katan and all those and all those people. They could have done a much better job, but this is what we got. That's that. That's just. <laughs> not that. That's not. This is not a good episode. It's just not for me. It's it's one of the worst. So. Uh, Let's move on to yeah. the. Let's move on to yeah. the, to the uh, next one. Episode chapter eleven. They heiress. I have problems pronouncing that word. The episode begins with Mando making a, a crash landing on Trask. Mando then takes the frog lead to her husband and he tells Mando where the Mandalorians he knows of are. Yet Mando goes to, in, into, the inn, into the inn and meets someone that can take him to the other Mandalorian. Mando is then taken on a boat to find the other Mandalorians, but is actually checked and almost killed by the pirates. Mando is then is later rescued by Bo-Katan and two other Mandalorians think Koska Reese and Hats Wolves. The Mandalorians destroy the ship and go away. Mando is attacked by pirates' brothers, by the pirates' brothers, but the pirates are stopped by Bogatan and her crew. Again, the four Mandalorians then devise a plan to take an Imperial freighter. The Mandalorians then board the ship and fight through the Imperial forces. The Imperial officer in charge of the ship attempts to crash it, but stopped by, 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 by Mando. The Imperial officer then kills himself, giving the dark saber its location to Bogatan. But before he kills himself. Before giving the director's location, which he just, he just doesn't give him the location. That's why I mean. he, he, he never gives them that location. So just point that out. Bogotan then tells Mando that the Jedi he is looking for is on Corvus and her name is Ahsoka Tano. Mando unleashes the freighter and returns to the port. The episode ends with Mando leaving Trask and setting a course for Corvus. So, uh, Pancakes, your opinion on the third episode of the second season? It's interesting that we're talking about Ahsoka for the second consecutive episode, but it's a different Ahsoka. It's like the adult mm-hmm. Ahsoka. Yeah. Like last episode, we were talking about the young, we just met Ahsoka. But then we in now we're talking about the most recent chronologically Ahsoka, adult, adult Ahsoka. And, and yeah, 
um, this arc was this episode to say was really interesting because I feel like I've seen the the, the actress for for Bo-Katan, the the main side Mandalorian. Um, has she been in anything else? Um, she was Bo-Katan in the in the in the in Clone Wars. No, I'm t- um, okay, cool, but so, yeah, okay. Bogotan, the actress of Bogotan in live action, she's actually the voice of Bogotan in the series. Yeah, but has she been in anything else before? I don't know. Like, I have to. Struggle. I have to look up who who the actress is. I thought okay. she was Br- uh, Bryce Dallas Howard because she kind of looks like her, but it's not Bryce Dallas Howard. So the actress, the actress yeah, actually is uh, Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, I've never heard of her uh, before. She's been in, uh, let me see, uh, My First Mister, Halloween Resurrection, White Noise of Light, The Last Sentinel, Batman Year One, Campus Killer, Haunting Connecticut 2, Ghost of Georgia, Seti Evil Genius, Riddick, Oculus Tell, Power Rangers. Girl Flu, Don't okay. Knock Twice, uh, tw- 2037, 2036, Origin Unknown. Yeah, we got it. She's been on uh, yeah. Law and Order. Law and Order. Interesting. Of course, Clone Wars, The Flash, and The Mandalorian. Oh, she's been in Halo 3. Yeah. So, yeah, she's been in a lot that we just don't know of. Minus, of course, her her role in in this. That's insane. Mm. Anyways, yeah, I thing is, I the Bo-Katan. I've never actually seen Bo-Katan. I've only got so through so far in, in Clone Wars, and I don't know where Bo-Katan when Bo-Katan shows up in Clone Wars. So mm. this is my first time actually seeing Bo-Katan and. I've never act, you know. It, it's it, I think she's a cool character from here, just from here. Like, cool character. The suit is okay, I guess. And I don't like she's for me right here. She seems kind of hell bent on taking the dark saber. Yeah, decent introduction, but meh. Not sure. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's really weird for me, you know. Yeah. Because she's probably, she's probably a very different character in Clone Wars. Because we're gonna, we're gonna see her in Clone Wars soon. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah. So this might be a little bit weird. Yeah. To see like the the the, the sudden progression of this character from this. From you know watching basically his sister die in Clone Wars to um, you know 
to being so hellbent on taking the Darksaber and ruling over Mandalore. Maybe. Which is a dead planet, by the way. Yeah, but maybe that's why she's hellbent, because of her sister. No, she just died during the Clone Wars, like, before, like, a few years before it ended. Mm. Cool. And so, I don't think it's because of her sister. It's probably because, like, she's the rightful heir, I'm pretty sure. She's part of that clan that's the rightful heir. And because in Mandalorian lore and whatever, you need the Darksaber to become the rule of Mandalore. And since Moff has it, Moff Gideon has the Darksaber, she has to go get it. Because she wants to be the rule of Mandalore. Okay. Anyways, there we go. And, and also, uh, the other two Mandalorians are completely pointless. Uh, At Wolves never shows up ever again. Hmm. And Tosca Reeves shows up for the finale and does pretty much nothing. Yeah, no, they need to develop those characters or so they're gonna become useless. No, they're, they're more like filler for the background. Yeah, probably. Anyways, moving on. Uh, uh, let's move on to the episode four of this season. Yeah, I'll take it from here. Chapter 12, The Siege. The episode begins with Mando going to Navarro after he determines that they wouldn't get to Corvus in the shape that the ship is in. Mando arrives on Navarro and meets with Karga and Dune. Karga then asks Mando to help them take down an Imperial base. Karga and Dune explain the plan and they start their infection. Mando, Karga, Dune, and Mithril all infiltrate the base. Mithril manages to overflow the reactor and they escape the base. But before then, they find out what Gideon really wants with the child. They are then attacked by TIE fighters, but Mando dispatches them quickly. Mando then leaves Navarro to keep searching for Ahsoka Tano. The episode ends with the revelation that a repairman has planted a tracker on the Racer Crest. It also revealed that Gideon has been working on a new type of joy. So, Pancakes, what's your opinion on uh, episode 4 of the second season? Hmm. It's, it's decent. It's actually nice to see stories about base infiltration and things like that, but not about Jedi. Uh, yeah, no, like, the series was pretty good at kind of diverting those away from all the Jedi stuff until pretty much the next episode we're going to cover. And, yeah, yeah, I think that, I think this is like the only Star Wars content I've mm-hmm. seen that didn't have any lightsaber content, at least in season one, until the very last scene with Moff getting escaping. Hmm. Until the very last yeah. scene. They just couldn't resist having a Star Wars thing without lightsabers. They just had to add one. Also, in the entire show, there's not one lightsaber fight. There's not... N- never do, do two lightsabers fight. Makes sense. Be- because both times uh, there's a lightsaber fight, it's with the it's with the Beskar uh, spear. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's no one to fight in those in, in those. Because Moff Gideon just kinda turns on the, the Darksaber to look menacing. Because look what I have. I have a light I have a lightsaber. But it looks kinda dumb when it's on and not 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 animated. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyway. It look it the Darksaber looks really weird when it's like done in Clone Wars or 
Fuck Rebels. But who cares about Rebels? Mm-hmm. Let's move on to episode five. So the first episode of the second uh, season, ep- chapter 13, The Jedi. The episode begins with Ahsoka Tano killing some soldiers in the forest on Corvus. After killing them all, Ahsoka threatens a lady called the Magistrate. Later, Mando arrives at the planet Corvus. He goes into town and meets with the Magistrate, where she sends him to go kill Ahsoka. Mando manages to find Ahsoka after a small fight they start talking. Ahsoka manages, reveals to Mando that the child is named Grogu. Gro- uh, uh, uh. Ahsoka then agrees to train Grogu. Testing Grogu's ability, she determines that she can't train Grogu any further. Then they then start planning a way to get rid of the Magistrate, who Ahsoka reveals to be the name to be uh, Morgan Elspeth. And, split, and explains that Morgan is at Imperial. They then ambush the town and manage to reach Morgan's palace, killing some of her guards. Sokka then fights Morgan while Mando fights the mercenary she hired. Mando kills the mercenary while Ahsoka asks Morgan with locate the location of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Mando then re- uh, receives the Beskar spear that he was promised. The episode ends with Ahsoka saying goodbye to Grogu and Mando leaving Corvus for planet Tython, where his search for Jedi who will train Grogu will continue. So Pancakes, your opinion on the fifth episode of the second season? So I re- um, something that I want to point out is that I really like how they just kind of integrated Ahsoka onto the live action Star Wars content because before we only seen her in two things, those two being um, the Clone Wars series and Star Wars Rebels. I'm not sure if she appeared in the 2003 um, movie, but no, she never. She didn't. She's an original of, of, of like of the 2008 first. Cool. Anyways, um, so yeah, I what I really liked is the fight between Morgan and Ahsoka in the like in her estate like in the place with the pool and the bridge mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. the setting is amazing it just it's, it's just satisfying to see such a calming and and tranquil looking place be turned into a battlefield between a jedi and a ex-imperial best or spear holding war lady and uh, well, for me, well, this episode was cool. It just kind of like it's just kind of, of course, it, it moves the story, sure, but it mostly sets up for Ahsoka's uh, a Disney Plus show. Hmm. Yeah. Which like Ahsoka's there, and then like, oh, I'm, I have to go find Grand Admiral Thrawn. Which we actually don't know what happened to Grand Admiral Thrawn after a Rebels. He just kind of disappeared. Well, he, he he got taken down. He got taken out by by Ezra. I'm pretty sure. I've I've read. I haven't watched Rebels. I just know he was taken out by Ezra by some space whales. But I, I don't know fucking. But yeah, that's what happened to Ezra and Thrawn. So now we know that Thrawn's alive. So probably in the Ahsoka series, we're gonna see live action Sabine. No, yeah, I think it's called Sabine. I don't remember. I don't know what the fucking characters are. I know. I, I think it's a, Sabine Wren. So you do. Know, so you do know how Disney Plus shows kind of have like a, like a bit of style put to them. I haven't watched Falcon and Winter Soldier yet, but you know how WandaVision has this theme of 
of different eras and different TV. Mm-hmm. And yeah,、um, the Mandalorian has this theme of hey, this guy's going on an adventure with the whole with the whole theme and stuff at the beginning. It just shows you like, hey, he's gonna go on an adventure. You're gonna watch him see it, and it's not that bad. But then, I feel like Ahsoka's thing is gonna be like a little wild, like not wild per se, but kind of like, hey, here's Ahsoka, and she's a wild dog or something like that. I don't know. Let's make it quick, just to say it. That well, of course, we're probably gonna see like Sabine in live action. We're probably gonna see the return of Ezra. Which just adds to the characters that are Jedi who are still alive after after Return of the after Return of the Jedi, which is right now Ahsoka and Luke. Those are the only ones that kind of live, like we know right now. We don't know if any other survived. Probably Ezra. Let's be honest, Ezra probably survived.、Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Like if if Thrawn survived and Ezra did. <laughs> Because they were both taken at the same time, and since and since、uh, Soka is looking for Thrawn, even though Thrawn's been, by the timeline of the show, Thrawn's been like MIA for nine years. Yeah, I, I just remembered a like okay, so Thrawn. Thrawn、uh, has never been alive. Okay, so what was the name of the? Orange and white R two D two from Star Wars Rebels, like the droid, Chopper, pretty sure. Yeah, I think. But、um, I remember a crossover they did of a real, like, actually built Chopper in a Disney XD show. I think it was Gamers Guide to pretty much everything. It starred Cameron Boyce, but it ended up already. Anyways,、um, yeah, they did a crossover where Chopper just kind of visited the town. It made no sense, but my little kid self still liked it.、Mm, yeah, Rebels. I I I hear really bad things about Rebels. I heard it's not really a good show. But yeah, no. This this episode mostly just sets up things for like the Ahsoka series. Like, but now we know for the Ahsoka series that the main, the, of course, it's gonna be Ahsoka, and the, the main villain is gonna be Thrawn. But we won't see the Ahsoka series for at least until like next year. Because right now they're making a lot of shit for for Star Wars, because next year supposedly、um, we're gonna get Mandalorian season three and、uh, Star Wars Andor. Star Wars what? Andor. They're gonna make a series about Andor. Andor. It, it's a character from Rogue One. Oh, okay. Which is really weird because, like, who cares about Rogue One? Yeah, I'd rather watch Obi Wan Kenobi in a series. They're they're currently filming Obi Wan Kenobi. They already they they already released the whole cast for Obi Wan Kenobi the the series. I know. I'm looking forward、we're, to watching it. We're probably gonna have to cover Rogue One because of the Andor series, but you know whatever.、Hmm. Anyway, so I guess it's enough talk.、Uh, let's move on to the sixth episode of the second season.、Uh, Pancakes, take it away. Yes. Chapter fourteen: The tragedy. The episode begins with Mando arriving at Taipan. He reaches the ancient Jedi temple and lets Grogu do his thing.、Hmm. He then sees Slave One land on the planet. Mando then meets with Boba Fett, 
and finds out that Fennec Shand is alive. Then Imperial forces arrive. Mando, Met, Met, Fett, and Shand all fight against the Empire. After Fett fights off the stormtroopers, he finds his armor in Mando's ship. Fett then finishes off the remaining forces with his armor. After that, the Razor Crest is then destroyed by Moff Gideon's light cruiser. The Dark Troopers then take Grogu to the cruiser. They then go to Navarro and in Fett's ship, where they, where they recruit the help of Cara Dune and locating Mayfeld. The episode ends with Gideon checking on Grogu, and with them discussing what they plan to do with Grogu. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, Pancakes, what's your opinion on uh, the sixth episode of the of the of the season? It was actually interesting because I was actually like, when I actually watched this, I was like, "Bro, Boba Fett is alive." What? Well, he has been alive before. Yeah, I know he's been alive before, but after Return of the Jedi, I was like, "What? He's alive?" Yeah, yeah, he was alive before. Before, uh, before he was actually in this this other continuity called Legends. That's that was canon. Then it was made non-canon by Disney in 2014 weird then only a few things actually remained hmm. from the okay what uh, what happened was that the in in 20 you know how Disney acquired uh, Lucasfilm yeah, right in 2012 yeah well then they wanted to make their own trilogy but then they realized how much books and comic books and games that were made of Star Wars so they decided to uh, pretty much uh, uncanonize uh, 99% of it. <laughs> so the only things that remained were the movies, right? The movies, the main trilogy, and the and the prequel trilogy, uh, Clone Wars, the 20, 2008 uh, show. And a comic series was running during the time they said they said that everything was pretty much on canon. So that those only the only things that remain canon. Yeah, but what about Rebels? what? What about Rebels? Rebels was made afterwards. Okay. Rebels was made because they canceled uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, but it is canon, right? It is canon, yes. Okay. Because Hera shows up in uh, Rogue One, but it's only the ship. Hmm. But we, we but we know it's Hera because no one else shows up afterwards, so hmm. yeah, yeah. Like the rebels cast pretty much disperses, and then okay, Hera probably shows up shows up in in uh, Rogue One, and she's never shows up again. Uh, that, that, she's from Rebels. She used to tweet like whatever. You probably didn't watch Rebels. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, this this one. Again, well, season this episode, uh, in green, of course, he introduced Boba Fett, and I thought Boba Fett was pretty cool. Hmm. And it, of course, the armor and all that stuff. And uh, Fennec Shand, well, we now find out that that, that, the, that when she was approached in episode five, and uh, that was Boba Fett. Hmm. Yeah, now and we know she that. Need, and now she needed replacements because she was shot by Toro Calican, 
which is the only time Torkala can ever 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 is ever mentioned again indirectly. He's never mentioned by name. He's mentioned kind of indirectly because you know he's she, he's the one that shot her. Hmm. And well, later on it's revealed. I didn't note down, but it's revealed that uh, Fennec Shand is hunted by the ISB, which is the Imperial Security Bureau. I'm pretty sure. Which kind of tracks down like people. Uh, we're gonna see her in uh, uh, the Clone Wars show, The Bad Batch. So we're probably gonna see like how she got that status. A fun question is: Is Slick gonna be included in the Bad Batch? Slick is no, no. Pretty, I think Slick is dead. <laughs> I think Slick is dead. Slick is pretty dead, if you ask me. He's one of those clones that probably died. It, probably the ship got blown up or something, and then like he died. I don't know. But I don't, I don't think Slick is gonna show up anytime soon. Probably not. All we know is that, uh, well, spoilers. Uh, Echo shows up, even though Echo was blown up in season three. I'm pretty sure. Season three has been out for a few years. It's not really a spoiler. Echo die. Echo dies, then shows up again in season seven of Clone Wars. Oh, he's alive, and then he becomes part of the Bad Batch. So, Echo's part of the Bad Batch in the show. And we're gonna see Fennec Shand. We're gonna see a bunch of other people. We're gonna see the Bad Batch in the in the Empire. But let's save it for later. Let's save let's save our opinions for Bad Batch later. Uh, but yeah, no, and also Boba Fett. Obviously, your character and the suit—you don't know how happy people, uh, me and other people, are to see Boba Fett in that suit. Yeah, like some people were like, "Yeah, Boba Fett is back, let's go!" Yeah, Boba Fett, and some people uh, dubbed the Boba Fett return over um, with with uh, with the one for Robot Chicken, and it, fi- it actually fits. Man. I can just imagine Charlie with the woo meme <laughs> reacting to that. There, there was there was one where where um where one that did that with the Ahsoka reveal. Hmm. Like grab like the Charlie uh, woo uh, meme and then just put it uh, over I guess the Ahsoka reveal. Post it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, uh, episode, uh, episode, the 7th episode of the 2nd season, uh, chapter 15, The Believer. The episode begins with Kara seeking out Mayfeld, she, she finds him and brings him to Mando, to then go to Morak to get Gideon's coordinates. Mando then accompanies Mayfeld to the refinery, as no one else uh, would be able to. They then start going towards the refinery. They later attacked by pirates, Mando manages to fight them off and get to the refinery. They are then greeted by stormtroopers and later get to the terminal where they will meet, uh, get Gideon's location. Mando gets the location and they later shoot their way out. They get out of the refinery and destroy it. The, man- the episode ends with uh, them setting a Mayfeld free on Morak and the others leaving the planet. Then Gideon receives a threat from Mando. So Pancakes, what's your opinion on the 7th episode of the second season? Yes. Just yes. No. Okay, so um, opinions. I really think this is a great setup for the actual finale of the season because we know it's coming, and we get excited for it, and 
yeah, that's pretty much it because and I really think that the seventh episode of the first season was better than the seventh episode of the second season because the seventh episode felt more like a filler episode because the seventh of the first season actually felt like oh no they captured Grogu what do I do now but then the second season was like nah this happens and that happens oh look we did death to this guy but then Gideon says hey I'm coming for you okay no Amanda says I'm coming to I'm coming for you and I'm and then yeah <laughs> yeah and like well this brings back Mayfeld for no reason whatsoever yeah like and it didn't bring back anyone else from it didn't bring back Berg or, or uh, Xion uh, Quinn and uh, Quinn is pretty is dead Quinn's just dead he got blown up <laughs> Any, I mean, but it's um I really I, re- I really want to point out that I know this is not the actor for Moff Gideon, but it feels, but on his presence, it feels like Moff Gideon is played by Morgan Freeman. Okay. No, I'm not kidding. It actually does. It could actually replace the lines with something like, Hey, Mando, I'm coming for you. I actually I could uh, because because uh, Moff Gideon is played by Giancarlo Esposito. I can picture him uh, going after space weed. <laughs> space weed. But I'm sorry, it's called spice in the in, in the Star Wars canon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. Uh, like, like drugs are called spice. Yeah, I know. The one episode in Clone Wars when Obi Wan and Anakin were drugged by the pirates. Yeah, I know. Yeah, when Kandugu got there too. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, they bring it up in the in uh, in episode in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> that, that that vomit was more fake than Luke Skywalker's CGI in the last episode. <laughs> I can't vomit on command. I'm sorry. Anyways, moving on to the final. Yeah, and- of the season go ahead yes so this is the final episode of the season chapter 16 the rescue the episode begins with an imperial ship being attacked by the slave one a ship that contains dr pershing the crew of the Slave One then capture Pershing and use him to get a schematic of Gideon's cruiser. They then go to a planet where they recruit Bo-Katan and Kosha Reeves. Oscar Reeves, sorry. Pershing then tells them where everything on the ship is. They then board the cruiser and start their assault on the ship. Kara, Koska, Bo-Katan, and Fennec all reach the bridge, while Mando goes towards the location of Grogu. He then encounters a dark trooper and manages to destroy it after having a tough time beating it. Mando reaches Grogu, but Gideon is waiting for him. A fight between them ensues, and Mando apprehends Gideon. He then returns to the bridge with Gideon. After a discussion between Mando and Borokatan, more dark troopers board the ship. They try to break through doors to the bridge, but suddenly stop after an X-Wing arrives. Out of the X-Wing comes Luke Skywalker, with him then destroying every single Dark Trooper on the ship. 
While Luke is doing this, Gideon attempts to kill himself, but is stopped by Kara. Luke then arrives to the bridge, with R2-D2 with him. Luke then takes Grogu with him after manning the assessors whose buys to Grogu. The season ends with Fred and Sham going to Jabba's palace and killing Bib Fortuna. Boba Fett then takes control of Jabba's criminal organization. So, Pancakes, what's your opinion on the season finale of Mandalorian Season 2? Like I said, that vomit you tried to do earlier was faker than Luke Skywalker CGI. Fun fact, I actually don't notice it. I don't know it's like the fake. Like when he talks, sure, but when he's not, when he's idle, I, I, I don't notice it. Yeah, Corridor Crew made an entire video about it. They actually <laughs> made it better, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, I wanted to point out that I think I kind of know the structure of the show now. Like season one was, hey, here's a baby version of Yoda who died in the last canon installation, which was Return of the Jedi. Take him, take him with you. We don't know what to do with him. Then the season ends with Mando finding out you have to take him to a Jedi. And then season two is him taking him to a Jedi. Ahsoka Tano saying, hey, I can't train him. Take him to this location. And he said, okay. And the season ends with Luke taking Grogu. And it was it, it's kind of been a structure like, hey, I'm Mando, and this is baby Yoda. I have to take care of him. But then he finds out he has to actually deliver it to a Jedi. So he tries to do it and does that, and he actually succeeds. So... After he does that, I think season three is gonna be like more diving a bit more into Mando's origins, like kind of returning like home, like finding an installation to actually end the series. Mm, what I think is well more on the relevant topic, the, the the episode was good. Of course, the ending of the actual episode sets up of a uh, series which I again find a chance to show up in but it's just after Mandalorian and not before like Bad Batch yeah so yeah that, that's that's it uh, you know I and Boba Fett I'm, I am excited to see the Boba Fett series I'm not that excited since he's not my favorite character, but yeah, he is. Um, it would be an interesting thing to watch. Not my, not my go-to, but decent. We'll, we'll definitely cover it on the podcast when it finishes, which is probably yeah. around January because it's gonna release in December of 2021, but this December pretty much. So it, the premiere is gonna be this December. So probably gonna end in 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 2022 like january february probably so because again it's going to be eight episodes long so let's take it probably starts at, i don't know december 20 i want to say 22nd but let me see a friday on december let's say it just starts on why not uh new year's uh, not new year's uh christmas eve of december 24th it'll Mercury. end in in like we are nine months early Wait for that to wait for the time to come. Yeah, I know, but for 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 for, for this, just like uh, just put it. Let's let's say it 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 actually releases on uh, Christmas Eve. Probably it's probably it's only gonna be like. Hold on, let me check. Uh, yeah, it's gonna end in February if it starts on there. 
So it we it should be it sh- we should it should be not that long after it releases that we should cover it. But, yeah, you know it, that's in the future where we have a lot of less things to cover. But anyways, yeah. so this is up a lot of things and Luke does uh, I understand why Luke came in and I actually it's actually interesting to see like the the two ways like the two Jedi in, in the show like behave because Ahsoka is not a Jedi she left the Jedi Order in season 5 of Clone Wars she is not a Jedi but she abides by those Jedi laws that if someone shows compassion for something she can't train them because she just falls to the dark because they'll just fall to the dark side. But Luke doesn't know that. So at least we don't know if he knows that. Because he's like because in episode seven we'll, we or episode eight we see yes all those sacred Jedi texts. With the famous meme, the sacred texts. And so um so we don't know if he knows that at this point that you can't show compassion or he doesn't know that Grogu has compassion and pretty much uh, Luke committed kidnapping. If not kidnapping, you know what finds out. Kidnapping and consent? Yes. Because he knew nothing about the child? Yes. Actually, kidnapping is just, it's just adoption is what I'm talking about. Unofficial adoption. Uh-huh. Now that's just kidnapping. Anyway, so Luke just took the child and said, let me train him. Mando went okay. And also, Mando just kind of took off his helmet. And because of Mando's religion, he fucking, he, he, now he can't put the helmet back on. <laughs> because everyone in the room saw him take off his helmet and, and in his face. So... The, the, due, to, due to his uh, religious part of the Mandalorian, he can't put his helmet back on. It's just like, good job, buddy. Good job. In my, you in, in my, in my season three, in uh, my season three, three everyone looking at him. Oh no, we can find out who he is now. And every episode is gonna be him find popping up in an ex Imperial scanner or something. There he is. Let's go look for him. Yeah, no, it's, it, 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 imagine it's just him without the without the helmet on through the entire season. <laughs> that would be funny. Because, he, because he's that committed. Yeah, or maybe, um, or maybe he changes to the Mandalorian. Or like, the, Mandalorian. the season as a whole, especially the, the season as a whole, especially the, the second half of it, actually fl- and makes um, flexes, like fl- makes the Mandalorian rules about the helmet a lot more flexible because we see in episode 7 I think it is when they infiltrate the base he literally just doesn't have the helmet on but apparently a rule we didn't know of if he is not acting as a Mandalorian if he's not if he's not saying he's he's a Mandalorian he can show his face or something like that I don't know point is is that he doesn't have his Mandalorian armor on so no one knows he's a Mandalorian therefore he can take his helmet off actually he he did struggle uh, we didn't see him like he didn't want to take off his helmet so it's mostly like you can't show your face hmm. that, that thing that's the rule you can't show your face 
So, yeah. At that point, like, I don't know. It's like, uh, like when the point, like, he just takes off his helmet, and it's like, okay, well, this child saw me. What am I? And because he just converts to like the official end of Mandalore religion, where it's like you can just take off your helmet whenever the hell you want. Yeah. Because it's like it's fine. I guess he could. Also, technically, he is the ruler of Mandalore. I guess you could say that was not the way. And like, <laughs> also, technically, he's the ruler of Mandalore because he never gave the dark saber to. Uh, to Bogotan. Yay. Like, when you think about it, he never, he, he defeated Moff Gideon, he got the Darksaber, but he never gave it to Bogotan. He refused to take it. So now Mando, Mando's the, the leader of, of Mandalore. Yay? Question mark? There's, there's something fun I can say, like, where's his headed? <laughs> Are we gonna see, like, Mandro participating in lightsaber duels? <laughs> Cursed. Cursed. Imagine him with the, with the spear and the and, and the dark saber. Mardi Gras kills someone in your head. I'm surprised that like nothing was in, like Luke just shows up, like and destroys all of the dark troopers. Also. Minus like a few because he just threw them in, in space, but I don't know why they need to get back up. Yeah, he threw some. He threw one in space and then it never came back up. Like, well, yeah. I got pushed by the force. I'm dead now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> a, a, a connection. At the end of Rogue One, when Darth Vader shows up and kills literally every yeah. single shoulder in the thing. Yeah, um, man, yeah, this is, this, this, is a parallel. This, yeah, that could be compared because fa- like father, like son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's just, that's it for the for the episode. So let's move on to our thoughts on the whole season as a whole. So pancakes, your thoughts on the whole season as a whole. I just gave my thoughts on the whole season as a whole. Well, but again, in a more uh, simplified way. Um. Flexible rules about mask, about the same level as season one, and um, what can I say? The sacred text. I don't know. Well, <laughs> anyways, me, this, I can see why people didn't like the season as much as the as the first season because the first season was a big. People got into Star Wars because of Mandalorian season one. So when they started bringing like people like Bo-Katan and Sogatano, pretty much everyone knows who Luke and, and Boba Fett are. Like, you've never, like, if you've seen a Star Wars movie, you know how popular uh, Boba Fett and Luke Skywalker are. So you know who they are. But people like, but like Bo-Katan, uh, Soga, and yeah, like some, Grand Admiral yeah. Thrawn, like, who are those yeah, characters? Like, like, people are like, yeah. who are those characters? Yeah, like, somehow they appear. Um, for some reason, they appear in both the original and prequel trilogies because in the prequel trilogies in Attack of the Clones, when, spoiler alert, Jango Fett is killed and his head rolls around, Boba Fett just looks at his decapitated head. And 
and Luke appears as a baby when Padme gives birth in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's, they're yeah. one of the only, like, like original yeah. trilogy characters actually show up in the, in the, in, in, in the prequel trilogy. Leia, Obi-Wan, Anakin. Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Yoda. Oh, yeah, Yoda, too. Oh, yeah, only... um, Palpatine. Oh, yeah, Palpatine, yeah. So, yeah, I, get, I, can, I can see why people don't like the season as much. But I liked it because I'm a Star Wars fan and all these characters, minus Bogotan, because I've never seen Bogotan before. Hmm. I can just read them up on the wiki later, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do, I'm like, who's this character? Oh. See, guys, see people, always own fandom, always own that app. Because it, t- it tells you the entire history of characters, and you might get spoiled for it for the whole show. Like you probably did with Agatha Harkness. <laughs> Anyways, um. Yeah, um. I, I just realized you know. that Lucasfilm did a mistake with the original trilogy because, um, if you don't know, um, a recent release of, an, of the original trilogy, I mean, of the whole thing, I think, um, showed that a deleted scene was Han, Han talking to Java in uh, in like the shipyard and, mm-hmm. and then yeah. they put it in the in the and then they put it in the in the 2004 version yeah they put it in 2004 version but they just kind of like they should have kept it on the original 1977 version because honestly um then then people would have kind of like a bit of context for when they actually see the character in episode six like instead of reacting like yo who is this guy and why are we seeing him instead they would be like oh this is the guy from that one scene in in a new hope yeah it well these are what's considered but anyways also fun fact y'all was supposed to be a normal guy (laughs) yeah i know i i saw the um, actual scene being recorded and um he looked like hagrid from harry potter but that that that's not the that's the point yeah that's the point um anyways i think we're done right yeah we're done yeah but we're pretty done with this so we won't talk about mandalorian until season three is announced and yeah. it's coming out and the week before it's coming out so uh we'll see uh, we'll, we'll talk about mandalorian again where season three comes out so uh thank Mandal- you all for listening to us mandalore and... season three mando gets the milk uh-huh yeah uh so uh we'll see y'all on the next uh mandalorian well next star wars movie we'll be here all for star wars so in any other star wars uh thing that comes out uh both that our next Clone Wars uh, uh, parts and uh, the, the, and the um and Bad Batch and Ahsoka and Boba Boba Fett it's supposed to be there. So um yeah um we'll see y'all well, well hope hope you enjoyed and hope you keep listening to us. So thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.